We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a Wednesday morning edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod. Nick Whalen, Brandon Kravitz here with you as we are every Wednesday morning. Uh, Brandon, it's been, been a hectic couple weeks around the holidays. Good to be back on a normal schedule. Uh, I, I know you and I have both been sick over the last couple of months. I went through you know, a multi-week AirPod saga. Uh, as you can see, AirPods are back. Looking good. I, I ordered a new a replacement AirPod uh, to, to replace the one that was lost. That was a whole a whole thing. You know, it turns out they have to like sit in the case for like a full day to, to pair and like get the same firmware. So went through that battle, finally got it working. And then I'm also moving this week. So we're like, you know, getting everything out of our house. I'm sitting in an empty room, which you can't really see based on how I have the camera position. But we're moving things around. And then the other AirPod turns up. So now I have three AirPods. Wow. Well, hey, if you grow that third ear, you're going to be all <laughs> set, ready to go. Yeah, right. I don't know if there's a way I could like maybe stuff two of them and get like double sound in one year. Uh, but we're back on track. It's um, a round Yeah. Uh, please get the, uh, the the questions rolling. Uh, we will take live listener, live viewer questions over the second half of the pod. So throw those in the chat. Uh, we are not ignoring them. We will hit on as many as we can, if not all of them, later in the podcast. So again, feel free to start stacking those up. Brandon, we we had a pretty pretty mild slate. In the NBA last night, we had a few blowouts. Uh, Sacramento, Detroit is funny because Kings win that game 131 110. Uh, you know, I was on, on NBA radio last night, and my, my best bet was Detroit team total under 113 and a half, which somehow ended up hitting. I, yeah. I completely wrote this one off. The Pistons put up 47 points in the first quarter, they were leading this game by 20 midway through the second quarter and ended up losing by 21. Yeah, uh, 15 point fourth quarter for the Pistons. Uh, I think, like you said, they were up by 20 at one point and then wound up losing by 20. It's, it's almost hard to pull that off, uh, even for a bad team like the Pistons. But this is their issue. It, it's, it's, it's weird to say this about a team that only has three wins. I actually don't think the Pistons are that bad. Uh, I, I think that okay. there there are things that I see about this team that I like. There's a there's a scrappy nature about them. They've got some talent on this roster. They cannot put things together for four full quarters. That's their problem. So um, p- perhaps they need to retool things. Certainly not saying that the uh, they got their roster for the future, but there are some pieces that I think 
you could keep for this version of the rebuild and and maybe it comes down to a coaching issue um but i uh like i think the pistons moving forward are a team that you can bet on here and there but Mm -hmm. you also have to strap in and get ready for games like you saw last night (laughs) yeah i i felt like a complete idiot you know alex and i talked through that game we're like why is why is this line only 11 this is insane uh you know hammer the kings tonight and i'm like man we're, we're gonna get tweets we're gonna look like uh, we know nothing about the NBA, and thankfully the, the Detroit Pistons showed up and, and are the Detroit Pistons. You are right. From a betting perspective, it, it hasn't been maybe quite as disastrous as you would think. Uh, I mean, they are 14-22-1 ATS. Obviously, that's not good. That's 28th in the NBA. But you know, with the amount, it feels like they're getting blown out by 20-plus every night, right? And that's not necessarily the case. Like, they are, they are starting to cover a little bit more of late. I mean, they're better against the spread than Phoenix, uh, Atlanta, is an NBA worst eight in 27 against the number. Yikes. Yeah. And, and I think there's going to be opportunities moving forward because uh, these spreads are only going to get bigger, especially with Cade Cunningham out of the lineup and water tends to find its level. Um, only sharp betters are going to be on the Pistons and that should tell you everything that you need to know. Um, it's a team that you, do you want to bet them every night? No. Uh, you don't need that kind of stress in your life, but Absolutely not. Uh, I do. I do think that it's a team that I wouldn't just outright ignore them night to night. If you like betting the NBA and you look at the slate, you know when you get the Pistons at double digits. Last night it didn't work out. Um, thankfully, I didn't. I didn't take the dive there last night, but I, I do think that in certain spots the the Pistons might be trustable. One, the Pistons aren't that bad. Two, Sharps are betting the Pistons. Those are those are two money quotes. <clears throat> Excuse me, Brandon. We'll, we'll have to clip those for, for the, the Roto-Wire Twitter account. Um, I mean, the nice thing is, like, when Detroit keeps it well, relatively in reason or, you know, when they put up 47 in the first quarter, it's like they're a gold mine for the team that's playing against them, right? I mean, this is like the ideal scenario. Of, like, if you rolled DeMontis Sabonis out there in DFS last night, you're, you're just, like, crossing your fingers, like, please play 30 minutes. And this was a competitive enough game that he played 38. He goes 16 of 21 from the field, 37, 13, and 10. Uh, Keegan Murray had a nice night as well. Uh, right after I, I dropped him in a shallow league uh, to pick up Goga Batadze, he goes for 32 points and five three-pointers with two mm. blocks. Um, I, I actually did have the had the over on five and a half assists uh, for De'Aaron Fox, which which ended up sinking one of my, my underdog entries last night uh, and had that tethered to Jaden Ivey over two and a half turnovers. Would not recommend uh, betting turnovers in general, but when it's the Pistons, when it's Jaden Ivey, it was actually a really fun sweat. He picked up two turnovers over the course of a minute. The The one that pushed it over was a charge that was reviewed. I mean, there is nothing more thrilling than, than waiting out a review, hoping that a charge is called. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, like, no, I, I, like, Let's, That's a charge. That's a charge. It, it, it's definitely one of those bets that it's got to be it's got to be an underdog play where you're slamming some together you can't just solo bet turnovers sit there and watch an yeah. nba game that's just you're not getting your money's worth on league pass if that's the way you're consuming yeah. this sport but that's the issue when you talk about De'Aaron fox and him falling short of the total on his assists i hate when i bet a, a prop uh, and a game turns into a blowout because it's it yep. seems like that's when you know I'm not even I don't even feel hopeful that uh, that I'm going to get there by the end of the game because I'm just sitting there on pins and needles waiting for the head coach to take the guy out of the lineup entirely. So that's um that can be a frustrating watch. I dealt with that last night. Um uh, the Magic were 
swiftly taken care of by the Minnesota Timberwolves. But if you're on any magic props, uh, you you at least got a decent sweat out of it because they didn't have a rotation. So it's not like they, like Jamal Mosley couldn't go to this bench group that it didn't exist. You know, they only had like nine guys right. active last night. I want to talk about the magic in a moment, but I do want to close out Detroit and just kind of give a look at, all right, here's what the rotation could be over the next week or so with Kate Cunningham out. And, you know, the timeline is seven to 10 days. Could, you know, could be seven days, could end up being two or three weeks. You never really know. Obviously, Detroit, you know, sitting at three and 34 on the season. They're, they're in no position to rush Kate Cunningham back. Uh, but we saw Jaden Ivey. You know, he's, he's continuing to start. He played 33 minutes last night. Looked decent outside of the four turnovers, 22, 6, 5, 2 steals. Killian Hayes moved into the starting lineup. Uh, I wish I would have bet his turnover prop. He had five turnovers, I think, in the first half. Finished with six. Uh, that's kind of who Killian Hayes is. You can... If you're in a deeper league and you really need assists and, and maybe a few steals here and there, you could grab him. But, you know, four points on four shots in 31 minutes in a game where the Pistons actually played pretty well for half of it. That's kind of what you're looking at with with, uh, with Killian Hayes. You know, I, I wondered if in a roundabout way, you know, the Cunningham absence, that's like, you know, 38 minutes a night that are up for grabs. If that would lead to a little bit more Asar Thompson. Last night it did not. Uh, 14 minutes for Asar. Did pick up three fouls. Uh, did have three steals in 14 minutes, but uh, not necessarily looking like he's going to be a, a big-time beneficiary. We did see a little more Marcus Sasser off the bench, but n- not a whole lot there for fantasy. Man, Asar Thompson, you talk about a guy that has hit a rookie wall hard and fast. He has given you a whole lot of nothing recently and uh, was a guy that we talked about weeks ago. It's heavy in the trade market. Somebody that we wanted to uh, target or even sell high on. And we're talking about some big names that you could um, you could package together and, and try and get for an Asar Thompson package. Mm-hmm. But uh, now now I see him out there on the waiver wire. I'm not even interested. But I, I, I do think this Cade Cunningham injury, while it's unfortunate because I love watching him play and he's been putting up incredible numbers, it does open up some opportunities. Jaden Ivey is somebody I know we've gotten a lot of questions about. I mean, I like his talent, and I think with the usage rise that you're going to see with um, with what the, the kind of workload he's going to have, I think this could be an opportunity for him to blossom points and assists uh, for sure. And as long as that percentage stays up, I think Jaden Ivey could be a guy that helps you for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, before we talk Orlando Magic, we got a message from our good pals over at Underdog. Uh, Underdog Fantasy, it's the number one platform for NBA best ball in those DFS player pickup contests that we talk about all the time. If you haven't tried Underdog, now's the time because if you're a new user, you receive a first-time deposit bonus up to 100 bucks, plus an invaluable free six-month subscription to rotowire.com. All you got to do is use the promo code RWNBA. That's RWNBA. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. It's a wonderful app. I use it all the time. Go download that today. Use that promo code RWMBA. You'll get that free RotoWire subscription and that deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. So you, you put in 100, they'll match it. All of a sudden, you got 200 to play with on Underdog. So very good deal there. Uh, you mentioned the magic. Uh, were, were you in the house last night for this beatdown? I was front and center. Uh, it was not pretty. It was, uh, and and it was. It happened fast too. It was 11 nothing right out of the gate, and you could tell. <laughs> The Magic had nothing left, and really, we shouldn't be surprised. This is a team that, and I don't mean this from the totality of the season, but 
definitely within the last week have been playing way over their heads. Their shooting percentage prior to last night, their three-point shooting percentage over a stretch of four games was like 46%. Uh, they'd been making 18 threes per game. That's eight more than their average on the season. Uh, so they've been getting by in almost like a college basketball kind of a way. When you see these teams in the tournament where you go, you don't have the bodies to compete with the Blue Bloods, but they just get red hot from three. That was the magic against the Nuggets uh, last Friday night against the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday night um, at the Kia Center. I'm still getting used to saying that. And Paolo Bancaro has been playing incredible, but there's a bug going around the team right now. I don't know who all it's impacting. I know Paolo looked like he was gassed from the tip off last night. Um, so I think it was just one of those games that you just, you take it, you throw it away uh, from a fantasy perspective, betting real life NBA. I don't think you really learn anything about the magic. This is a beat up team right now. Half their roster, including Franz Wagner is out. Uh, so, so what can you really look at and say, okay, well, I'm going to have these grand takeaways about them and where they're at. The bottom fell out. They need to get healthy. They got a couple days off to me. And this is, uh, this is the, what I love the most about working these games is, you know, I know the magic well, cause you know, they're always there, but it's, I get a, I get a good up close and personal view of the opponents and, and some of these teams that I feel like I learned so much more when I'm at the arena than when I'm watching on TV. The Minnesota Timberwolves are so for real. And it, I think it all starts with Carl Anthony Towns. I'm seeing a level of aggressiveness and assertiveness, almost acting like a bully on the court that I'd never seen from him. This is a guy who's always had skill, uh, his ability to shoot the three at his size, to handle the ball. Um, he's got size. So, yeah, he's always been a great rebounder and, and fantasy managers like yourself have known about Carl Anthony Towns and appreciated him for a long time. But I wouldn't ever say that Cat was playing winning basketball. And, and I think it always capped the upside of Minnesota. I think something has clicked. Something has changed. They didn't even need Anthony Edwards last night. If you look at the stat line, it looks like he got hurt. He just stood there. He dealt with a little bit of foul trouble, but it was all Carl Anthony Towns. Rudy Gobert is a menace. And, um, I'm definitely a T-Wolves buyer in terms of playoff success. Yeah, Anthony Edwards had, I would say, pretty inarguably his worst game of the year, right? I mean, yeah, six points, it was. seven shots, five turnovers in 26 minutes. Uh, just didn't really need him. Like you said, I mean, Minnesota led by 17 at the end of the first quarter. They pushed that lead to 30 at the half, and it was pretty much sewn up at that point. Carl Anthony Towns went over his points prop by halftime. I think it was 21 yeah. and a half last night. He finished with 28. Yeah, so Goga Bataze is one of them. Goga Bataze was sick going into yeah. last night's game. I didn't even realize that until after they had tipped off, but he wasn't feeling well. And then you had you know, Mo Wagner's a good offensive piece, well but not a great defender. And and Wendell Carter Jr.'s out. So you have a yeah. sick you have a sick defensive center and um and an offensive backup. So it wasn't a great recipe for stopping those two twin towers. This was kind of a throwback uh, rotation for the Magic. This this feels like two or three years ago where you got Chubo Kiki starting, oh, playing 27 oh, minutes, going one of 10 <laughs> from the field, as Chubo Kiki does. Uh, yeah, I almost felt bad for Caro and Suggs. I mean, Batadze, I actually love what he's been giving them, but like you said, he wasn't 100% last night. He got in foul trouble early, only played 17 minutes. I mean, Caleb Houston started alongside Suggs in the backcourt. He goes three of 12. You're not going to win a ton of games 
when you got two starters combining for four of 22 shooting. And then, you know, right now their bench unit is just, it's rough. I mean, you got Trevell and Queen, you got Anthony Black playing way more minutes than he probably should. You know, Cole Anthony played last night, got hurt like seven minutes in, didn't come back, tweaked the thigh yep. injury. You know, Wagner and, and Bancaro, I thought were kind of the only two positives. Suggs played all right last night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, what about Markel Fultz? You know, we, we spent a lot of time on this podcast trying to speculate and, and look into you know the, the crystal ball as to you know when he could come back. You know, he's, he's been back now for two games. He's played 15 and 13 minutes respectively off the bench. What have you seen from him? There's just no confidence in his shot. And I mean that from anywhere on the floor. It doesn't seem like he's confident that when he releases, the ball is going to go in. Um, and I think we saw him start to come around last year. A lot of that was due to time and repetition. And and it took a while for him to get to a point where, you know, he found his spot on the court, that elbow jumper that that he had started to, it started to come around. His shot, shot started to look a little bit more like what we saw at UW. But I'm, I'm watching this guy in warmups and it looks broken. 
and then you see it. Wait, out Markel Fultz's shot looks broken. What? Mark? Yeah, I know. No way. Markel, write that one down. Put that up as a headline on RotoWire. Um, it, but it felt like he was starting to get over that a little bit last year, and this injury has just every um, every bad habit that he has in terms of sh- the shot motion and um, shot selection. It just seems like all of that has come roaring back. So he is um, tough to trust right now for the magic. Definitely not somebody that you can rely on in fantasy. And I just don't, I don't know when it changes and you're coming up to a deadline where yep. the magic have some decisions to make here. And Markel Fultz between his inability to confidently shoot the basketball even around the rim uh, and his injury history would not be shocked at all to see him become um, somebody else's project moving forward. Yeah. Fultz, I don't even think he's a hold right now in, in most fantasy leagues. Uh, you know, I, I wrote an article for the site that went up yesterday and it'll be up on Yahoo today as well. Kind of looking at some, you know, somewhat high owned players who could be dropped. You know, we're not talking like somebody who's 2% owned. Like, yeah, you can, you can cut bait on Otto Kiki. Uh, but it's, you know, guys hovering around 50% roster rate. And yeah, I was pretty surprised. Wendell Carter is still rostered in 48% of Yahoo leagues, at least as of yesterday afternoon. I'm, I'm done with him. I'm, I'm cutting him pretty much everywhere. I, I know, he's, you know, he's kind of dealing with a, a new injury now. He's missed three games in a row. Even if he's back, I mean, every game that he's played in, he just, he's not, he's not had like a single, like, whoa, okay, Wendell Carter, he's back type of performance. Like even when yeah. he, when he, when he stayed healthy for a stretch of games and started, I, th- I think both Batadze and Wagner have been better than him this year. I completely agree because Batadze brings it on the defensive end in a way that Wendell Carter Jr. doesn't. And last night, you know, notwithstanding, that was a bad performance from Goga, but we detailed why he was sick and um, clearly less than 100%. And Mo Wagner is such a spark plug uh, for off that. That second unit is really, um, really anchored by Cole Anthony and Mo Wagner and their, and their production. You look at bench. If you, if you look this up on NBA.com, their bench points as a unit, they're fourth best in the NBA. That's Mo Wagner and Cole Anthony that are helping that stat stay uh, afloat the way that it has. So I don't know where Wendell Carter jr. Fits in to, uh, to that equation. When you, you factor all of that in and the fact that he's not playing, I'm completely with you. I think in the fantasy circles, he's living off of reputation a little bit, but this is a completely different circumstance we're living in right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking back at, at that draft class 2018. I mean, that was a long time ago, obviously. And, you know, the, the top of that draft looks pretty decent. You know, obviously Luca and Trey Young and Jaron Jackson ended up being better than the top two picks, Aiton and Bagley. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think you look back and say that was, you know, one of those like, Oh man, what could have been type of picks. I mean, the guys that went directly after Wendell Carter were Colin Sexton and Kevin Knox. And, you know, later on, you got McCall Bridges at 10, SGA at 11, Miles Bridges at 12, Jeez, that would have been nice. at 14. It's like, yeah, those would have been nice. But I don't I don't really recall anybody clamoring for SGA or, or Bridges to go seven in that draft. No, I uh, I mean, it, it's hard to remember exactly where we were at uh, in terms yeah, well, that of that. Well, that was the Mo draft. Like, obviously, Wendell Carter was drafted by Chicago. But again, it feels right. like, you know, I don't I think Orlando made the right pick at the time. Like, I one of my bigger misses over the last few years is I was, I was a big Bamba guy. I thought that was going to work oh, yeah. out. I thought, I thought he was the type of player who was going to, like, cause he never looked great at Texas. And I was like, no, he's the type of guy that's going to succeed in an NBA system. And it's it just, it just hasn't happened. Well, it's all, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's work ethic and the, the want and desire, these things that you can't test at a combine. Yeah. 
that's what's held Mo Bamba back. It's not size. He can shoot the three. You know, he can do a lot of the things as a seven-footer that you want on your NBA roster. And if that's sitting there at six, you know, you do it all over again. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, that, that's also the in the midst of the Orlando, uh, like, length raid drafting. Oh, my God. Style, when they yeah. were just like, all right, well, whoever's got the longest wingspan, we're taking that guy. It doesn't seem to matter. I'm not um, sure they are, they're over that just yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, seeing some good questions in the chat. Keep stacking those up. We will hit those uh, in about five or ten minutes. Just going to talk about a few more takeaways from Tuesday nights. Uh, maybe look ahead at some of the games on our big Wednesday night slate. Got some fun ones. Wolves, Celtics. Uh, that'll be a big That's one. A great Spurs, game. Spurs, Pistons, you know, kind of battle the bottom feeders. Interested to see, uh, you know, how much we see of Wemanyama tonight. Uh, and then Heat Thunder uh, will, will be a really fun one as well. I mean, Brandon, I, I, I was thinking about that Heat Thunder game. And, you know, we won't have Jimmy Butler. So, you know, some of the luster maybe is wearing off that one. But Heat Thunder for a while, you know, if you rewind like 10 years, that was that was like a premier matchup. Obviously, those teams met in the NBA Finals. And that, that got me thinking – what what was would you say was your absolute peak of like NBA fandom? Maybe it's right now uh, because you cover a team, and and obviously I, it's not like I've slowed down over the last ten years. But I, I would say around like when I was like a sophomore, junior in college, that's when I was like the most absolute locked in. It was like I I am planning my entire schedule to watch a Heat Thunder regular season game. One that I'm in right now is I'll call it the post COVID era. The love that I have, and, and part, of course, part of it is that I, I work with an NBA team and I'm, I'm at these games, but I, it was the bubble. Having basketball on in the, the heat of the summer when everything is shut down, uh, I, the, the level of love I felt for the, uh, that I have felt for the NBA from that point on has exceeded anything that predates it in my life. So that's like its own era from the bubble mm -hmm. till now. Prior to that, I would say that um, the, those Grindhouse Pistons teams and the end of the L.A. Lakers run, that's a pretty hot era for me. And then when I was a kid, it was all about Michael Jordan. So it was like the, he was the only thing that mattered. But I was obsessed with watching yeah. Bulls basketball like every kid in the 90s. So those are my those are my three hottest eras would be, uh, I, I think, if I were to track it. Yeah, I, I would say like the the LeBron Heat era was when I was like the most locked in. I think it's just kind of, you know, I had a lot of free time in college. I could just kind of sit back and, and watch games whenever I wanted. Like the, the the Miami Heat winning streak, that was a big one. Like that was a, I remember where I was, uh, ironically, at Panama City Beach at a seafood restaurant where people ended up getting sick afterward uh, when they when they snapped the streak, losing to the Bulls. Um, other than that, for me, I, I kind of went through like a dark period from like 06 to 2010. Like in high school, I was I was way more of a college basketball guy. At that point, I was like obsessed with Pittsburgh basketball for some reason, despite living in Green Bay. Like that was that was my squad. And, you know, prior to that, though, I, I you know, you were Orlando Magic. I was the biggest Tracy McGrady fan on the entire planet. I, I had one birthday where I got four Tracy McGrady jerseys. That was too many. Seemed cool at the time. Turned out to be too many. Um, and a story, long-time listeners of the spot have probably heard this. I've, I've told this before. I My birthday's in late July. So, you know, back in the days of, you know, you bring, like, treats in on your birthday. I never got to do that. And it was, you know, when you're in, like, fourth or fifth grade, that's a big deal. You want to do that. Obviously, now that would be like, no, I don't want to. Um, my mom one time brought in, <laughs> brought in a cake for Tracy McGrady's birthday uh, rather than my birthday <laughs> because I was not able to celebrate mine during the school year. Well, I mean, that that is you talk about peak level of fandom right there. Uh, he was at the arena the other day. I should have oh, uh, I should have let him know. 
God, I, I love T-Mac so much. It was it was a problem. Um, I um I'll, I'll give you a quick T-Mac story. Uh, I I would I emceed a celebrity basketball game that the last time the the Pro Bowl is going to be in Orlando this year. It it took a break. The last time it was in Orlando, I emceed a celebrity basketball game where it was mostly NFL former NFL players. Uh, Keenan Allen played in it. He was the only current NFL player. And Tracy McGrady was the only former NBA player that took part in the game. So I'm on the court with McGrady. He was the nicest guy in the world. Oh, no And, of course, I mean, this was a couple of years ago. He's still well-retired at this point. You talk about schooling everybody. It was like he was on a different planet from everybody else. And these are high-level athletes that he was playing with. But it just goes to show NBA skill, even when it's older, is on a different level than anything we can even comprehend. And he's still good. Yeah, man. He, he's got a kid who's coming up, too, uh, who's going to be, a, I think, a pretty decent high school recruit. So maybe I'll have to, to hitch my wagon there. I, I think if I – I've been around Tracy McGrady at league events. I've never talked to him. I would be – that's, like, the most starstruck. Him and Ron Dane are, are the two guys for me. Like I've, <laughs> I, I've, and I've met, I've met Ron Dane many times. He's, he's, he's very available in Madison. I'll tell you that. He's just kind of wandering around town. Um if, if I ever met T Mac, man, I don't I don't know what I would say. I've like I've I've been around LeBron. Like I've you know I've been to a few All Star games and you, you go to the media scrums and it's like oh there's there's LeBron James. Like I should be probably a little more starstruck. No, T Mac would be like three levels up from that. Um, all right, I want to talk I want to talk Grizzlies real quickly and then we'll get to the questions in the chat. Uh, you know, one of these actually just came in and this is exactly what I wanted to discuss. Good question from James. Now that Ja is out for the rest of the season, is it time to trade away Jared Jackson? And if so, who should I target? I am going through this exact same debate in the Rotowire Stake League. I'm making a little bit of a charge. You know, I was, I was sitting down near the bottom of the standings, spent a good couple of weeks. I'm moving into, you know, potential eater territory. This is a league where you just want to finish in the top half. You do not want to be in the bottom half. And, you know, Jared Jackson's been good. Obviously, he did not play last night. Doesn't seem like a major injury. They're calling it just a bruised knee. They got a few days off now. They play a back-to-back Friday and Saturday. My, my answer to this question would be, I want to hold Jaron Jackson for a bit because, you know, we, we, we saw some pretty explosive performances. Like I, I do think the, the offensive ceiling now for Jaron Jackson is a little bit higher. I also think the efficiency could go down. You know, the, the case we made early in the season was he kind of needs John Morant to be the player that he could be like, you don't really want Jaron Jackson being your co number one option. He's just not an efficient scorer. That's not really where his game is at right now. So I would, I would try to ride this out for a few more weeks, but eventually I, I think I'm going to want to trade Jaron Jackson because I think the Grizzlies have no choice but to kind of just view this as a lost season. Like I, they're not going to be a buyer at the deadline. Um, and you know, as much as I love Triple J and, and Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart, those guys aren't aren't going to pull you into the postseason in a super competitive West. So I I worry that the Grizzlies could be this year's version of the Jazz last year, where you got you know you got a great like sixty five games out of Laurie Marketin, and then at the end of the year, you know, you got shutdowns and things like that. So I, I think you know hold Jaron Jackson maybe for another month, and then at, at that point try to offload. But if, if you want to do that sooner, totally understandable. I, I think, you know, first of all, where do you come in on a triple J and then we could talk about, you know, some, some potential trade targets. Yeah. I, I think now would be the time. The only thing that makes me nervous about sending that trade offer today is that he's not available. And I, I wonder if an injury would drive down his trade value, but I like the mindset that James has here because I'm not sure a lot of people in your league are going to be thinking along those lines. That was a big topic. Jaron Jackson Jr. first quarter of the season was really disappointing. And it was the lack of a two-man game that John Morant possesses 
the uh, the stress that that he causes to a defense opens things up for Jaron Jackson Jr. He's a completely different player, uh, is JJJ, when John Morant isn't out there. So I think it would be a good time as long as the the injury doesn't drive down that trade value too much. I would look at guys, just look at overall scoring, um, look at the current rankings as they stand right now, and maybe go like five spots lower than where Jackson is and see if you can get a straight-up deal that way. Yeah, I mean, you're not getting – I don't think you're getting like Jason Tatum or Anthony Edwards or guys like that who are kind of hovering in like the 15 to 20 range. You know, I'm looking over the last month at guys who have provided similar production. I mean, I I think I would start with like DeMontis Sabonis. And again, you're probably not getting him. Maybe you have to toss in a sweetener. Um, You know, Kristaps Porzingis, if you're you're on the high end of him in terms of health, I would not be doing that. Uh, No, you can't trade for Staps right now. Yeah, Damian Lillard has not played well of late. I I think you could maybe catch a a frustrated Damian Lillard manager. You know, he didn't play the other night due to a personal matter, just hasn't been shooting it well. That could be kind of a my problem for your problem. Uh, You know, Laurie Markkinen ranks about the same as Jaron Jackson. I think you might run into the same issues with Markkinen, although the Jazz have played better of late. Uh, Yeah, Alperen Shangun. What do you think about Cade Cunningham? Injured for injured. I was just going to say that. I mean, yeah, I, 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 you know, with Cade. Obviously, the Pistons have three wins, and they could they could be a tag team, but I don't think they need to tag. You know, I don't think I don't think they need to pull Kate Cunningham from the lineup. I mean, he's played almost every game this year, and they have three wins. So I'm not right. I'm not really worried about him as a shutdown. I think that would actually be a pretty good one if you're looking for you know kind of a shakeup in terms of you know if this is a category league, what you're targeting. Obviously, you know it's completely different players, uh, but if you're looking to replace you know Jaron Jackson's blocks, that's going to be pretty tough. Um, you know, you, you could you could try to get like a Walker Kessler or something like that. Um, I, but again, I, I don't think you have to trade Jaron Jackson right now, but I, I would want to do it probably before or, or slightly after the all-star break. Um, yeah, I, I would also say this for, for anybody that looks and goes, Hey, well, Memphis is fine. They just won by 17 last night in Dallas and no. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic played. That is the, the analogy I would use, Nick is the, you know, when a, uh, star, a star is about to go out, a star is about to die. You'll, you'll, uh, it usually shines the brightest at that point. And I think that that could be the case here. My computer was just making all sorts of noises. I don't know yeah. if you can hear that. Um, yeah, this is the, this is the dying star that shines super bright before it goes out. And it was great that they were able to do that emotional win for Memphis, but I don't think that kind of thing is going to keep up. No. And you know, I, I, I wanted to touch on, you know, is there anybody, Anybody you could target, you know, with, with John Morant now out for the season. And I, there's just not a whole lot there, man. Like, obviously, Smart, Desmond Bain, those guys are rostered everywhere. You know, Luke Kennard, he's not a point guard, but, you know, maybe some more minutes trickle to him. If you need threes, I, I don't really mind picking him up. Uh, I, I think, you know, from a minutes perspective, it was John Conchar who played 25 last night. But Derek Rose is also hurt. You know, he's going to factor into the mix. Like, there's there's not really, you know, there's not a TJ McConnell stepping in for Tyrese Halliburton type of player here in Memphis, at least not right now. No. Um, you know, it's good to see Marcus Smart out there, but he's already, I'm sure he's already rostered across the board. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there is no replacement for John Morant. I think the other guys, you're going to see Desmond Bain's numbers are going to go back up. That'll be the biggest increase. Uh, and if you have Marcus Smart, maybe as a bench player, throw him into your starting lineup. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to see 
you know, I don't think we're going to see a lot of movement in terms of the other guys. And and I do worry that Memphis could go into tank mode and this could look very different in Memphis within the next couple of weeks. I do think it's good for Desmond Bain. I don't worry about him as much as I do Jaron Jackson. It's just going to be higher volume for Bain, and that's a good thing. I mean, he took 27 shots last night. I don't think that's going to be a unique experience going forward. So if there if there is a you know kind of shorter-term beneficiary, it's probably Bain. Let's get to some of the live viewer questions, and we start with Ian. He says, thoughts on Josh Hart, thinking about grabbing him in a 9-cat, 16-team league, uh, and we're looking rest of season value. I, I'm always a Josh Hart guy. I feel like I, I roster him every year on a bunch of teams. I mean, it's, it's really the rebounding, right? I mean, kind of the, the out-of-position rebounding. He's shooting guard eligible in some leagues, um, you know, normally listed as a small forward. The rebounding's been better of late. You know, he went through a pretty rough stretch through the the early middle portion of the season. But last 10 games, he's up closer to eight rebounds per game. Um, you know, the scoring has been relatively down this season. Three-point shooting has completely fallen off a cliff. He's not giving you a whole lot. On defense, so I, I do think in a 16-team league, I don't mind rostering him. I mean, it's good team, good situation. Should, should be playing 25 to 30 minutes, um, but he's probably a, a four-game starter only. Yeah, he, um, you, you know, he's going to give you those middle-of-the-road performances. With he gets hot, he'll have a spike for a couple of games. But uh, Josh Hart is just kind of is what he is. But you're a Josh Hart guy. Tom Thibodeau's a Josh Hart guy, so he's not going anywhere. Um, shoots at a decent clip right now. Or, I mean, his three-point shooting could really use an improvement. But, um, you know, you're, you're you're getting the rebounds. You're getting occasional spurts where um, where he's a contributor in the scoring department. But um, Josh Hart is not going anywhere. He's one of the more steady players in fantasy. Don Sicario says, morning all. Raptor screw job. Uh, I assume he's referring to the oh. RJ Barrett moving screen call last night that that took a what would have been go ahead three pointer off the board. Raptors end up losing 132 131. Did you see uh, the fourth the quarter Lakers. numbers? The fourth quarter disparity of free throws. That's what the Lakers do, man. They're, they're, they're always going to stop the league. They shot 23 fourth quarter free throws. The Raptors shot two more than you and I did. Hey, it was 35 to 13. Oh, excuse me, 36 to 13 in terms of total attempts for the night. Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. that was, if you have not, if you've not watched, um, is it uh, Ryakovich? I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, the head coach of the Toronto yeah. Raptors. If you have not watched his rant yet, when you're done listening to us, do yourself a favor. Yeah, both both quickly and Scotty Barnes ended up following out late. I mean, Anthony Davis uh, pretty much by himself. You know, he had, he had more free throws than the entire Raptors team. He went 13 of 14. Huge night for AD. Uh, Don does follow up with a good question here. Should he trade McCall Bridges for Pascal Siakam in a nine-category league? Hmm. Um, man, everything's uh, everything's coming up Raptors these days. I Yeah, Mikael Bridges is not... Um, yeah, he's not taking that that real strong leap that uh, that it looked like he was going to early in the season or or uh, late last year. I think I'd rather have Pascal Siakam at this point. I would rather have Siakam right now. I, I think the question is, you know, is Pascal Siakam on a different team in a month, and does that help or hurt him? Well, I um, it's I mean, it's impossible to tell, and I I just can't make trades right now based on who is and is not going to be dealt because we just don't know. So um, I would just, I would just eliminate that from, 
I mean, you can think about it, but I would eliminate that from your decision-making process. If you like Pascal Siakam better, um, a team that trades for him is probably going to put him in a similar situation that he's in right now. He's a specific type of player in terms of what he does, and and I don't see that changing. But you're more comfortable with the, the no, or what you do know, and what he is in Toronto is um, certainly a fantasy-viable asset. I, I like what I've seen as of late. I think the Raptors are playing a little bit better. I love the way they looked last night and um, scoring into the 130s. Got to love that for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're right to probably simplify this. I, to be honest, I didn't realize how how poor Bridges has been. You know, I'm looking at the last 30 days. He ranks outside the top 160 in yeah. eight category leagues, which the efficiency is a big part of it. Like, you know, the, the raw scoring numbers look okay. He had 42 the other night uh, against Portland. But even with that, I mean, he's shooting 39% from the field. Over his last 15 games, you know, the three-point shooting has been way down. Like, the free-throw shooting has been in the low 80s for a guy who's typically better than that. And, you know, perhaps biggest of all, he's averaging 0.9 steals plus blocks over the last 15 games. So, if you're not getting, you know, your, your one-and-a-half steals and your 0.8 blocks or whatever it is from McCall Bridges, that's that's a big part of the reason that he was being pushed into the top 20 in a lot of drafts. So, yeah, right now, I mean, Pascal Siakam has been a, a vastly better fantasy player. So, if you take the trade deadline concerns out of it and – even if he goes somewhere else, it's like it's not like he's just going to be you know a thirteen points a game guy. Like he's, he's going to be a major player if he if he ends up you know being shipped out of Toronto. So um, if you if you're on the receiving end of Siakam, Don, uh, I would do this deal. Kimron says, "Hey guys, Rozier is on fire. Who can I target?" Uh, good question because Lamelo Ball could be back as soon as Friday. Uh, if it's not Friday, you know it should be in the next few games. And you know Terry Rozier could still be. Plenty effective, especially with Gordon Hayward currently on the shelf and likely to get injured again. Uh, but, you know, where it's he's kind of that in that Desmond Bain situation, right? Where it's like, all right, without LaMelo, go crazy. You're the number one guy. When LaMelo comes back, you're still a big factor, but we, we have to lower your ceiling a little bit. So I, I think now is the time to try to cut bait on Terry Rozier. He's been a top 15 player over the last month. Now, oh. You're not you're not getting top 15 value for Rozier because if people are paying attention, you know they'll know that Lamelo's coming back. But um, you know, in terms of who you could target, does anybody come to mind? You know, I I think he, obviously you know you, you try to aim high. Uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet, Demar Derozan, you know, maybe Jaron Jackson. Uh, you know, talking about somebody who could lose some value, uh, you, you could try to 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 get someone like a like a Brunson or a Markinen or you know even I, I don't know if you if you're looking for more stability. This is probably pretty underwhelming, but like, I don't know, CJ McCollum, uh, anybody else come to mind for you? I like the way the Spurs have been playing as of late. And uh, and if you're able to get this done in the next couple of hours, I'm thinking he's going to put together a pretty good stat line tonight. I like Keldon Johnson. I think that maybe that could be a name that you target. I know a Keldon Johnson fantasy manager is going to be uh, pretty frustrated with the up and down that, that you're getting from him and just the San Antonio Spurs in general, but um, if you've been watching their games, they have been much more uh, predictable in terms of their performance, and I think he's a big part of that. Um, certainly somebody that handles the rock a ton. So I, I think a player like that is realistic and, um, and would improve your fantasy roster in the long term. I think it, I would go Devin Vassell if I'm looking at a spur. Um, and it depends what kind of league you're in. Like, you know, Kelvin Johnson in a points league, I, I think makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. There there are some downfalls in the category league. But I, I think if, if you're looking for a one-for-one -one type of deal, Vassell would be the guy in San Antonio for me. Uh, Paul says, trade question, Austin Reeves or Shaden Sharp? Who would you rather have? I'd take Reeves. Yeah, as a um, 
Shadon Sharp, preseason truther. I can't say that it is paying huge dividends for me, but he's he's been good. I just overdrafted him. Uh, but right now, I like the way that Austin Reeves has been playing as of late. I I uh, I tend to agree, and I love the I love the passing stats that you get with Reeves as well. Yeah. If you're if you're in that category format. George says, what's up, Brandon and Nick? Just joined. Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year to you as well, George. Appreciate the support and for Thank watching you, along. Uh, all right, we'll zoom through the rest of these. Uh, we've got about you know five, ten more minutes. Cow Chad says, I have been a big truther of both McDaniels for many years, but this year just hasn't worked out. Uh, but is Jalen McDaniels a viable stash with all the smoke around Pascal Siakam? Interesting question. Hmm. Um. Maybe. Yeah, I, again, I, I don't really know how to project forward who's going to get dealt. There, I think there are there are some guys where it is blatantly obvious. I'm not sure that Pascal Siakam is one of them. Um, they uh, they already made a big move in trading OG and Anobi, and and that that might be it uh, in terms of what they want to do to revamp this roster. Trading away all star level players is not usually a winning formula. Um, and I know the Raptors have been aggressive one time in their existence, but I don't think that's necessarily yeah. who they are. Um, so no, I, I'm, I'm not buying into that. I will say if you're in a deeper league and you have like a stash spot, it's not the worst idea to, to grab him before the trade deadline, just in case, um, you, know, you have to go back to last season when Jalen McDaniels played like real minutes, but in the 30 games in which he played the most minutes, he averaged 14 points, six boards, two assists, 1.6 steals. Uh, shot about 49% from the field. That was a 30-game sample where he averaged about 31 minutes. So I, I think there is some viability there, but obviously you need Siakam to be traded. Um, all right, Michael says, Jaden Ivey, Marcus Smart, or Trey Jones? Pick one who needs to go in a 10-team, 9-cat league. So we're looking for a drop here. Well, uh, I think Marcus Smart, we saw it last night without uh, without John Morant, and, he's, and that was part of the struggles that Memphis had early in the season. Not only did they not have John Morant, Marcus Smart was also not available um, so I'm, I'm excited about him at least for right now. Um, so I'm definitely holding on him and Jaden Ivy. I could say the exact same thing, but insert Cade Cunningham into this, the discussion. Who's out at least another 10 days and could be even longer than that. So I think, uh, I think Trey Jones gets the X for me. Yeah, it's, it's definitely Jones or Ivy in a nine cat league. I think I would maybe lean toward cutting Ivy because of turnovers, you know, I mean, he's going to, Turn it over three, four times a game. Trey Jones, he started the last two. If he continues to start and play 30 minutes, I think he would easily be second behind Smart for me. It's just a matter of whether or not you trust that. So I will, I will assuming Kate Cunningham is back in like a week, I would say cut bait on, on Jaden Ivey. Um, all right, similar question. Keep in order Smart, Jones. Oh, okay, this is basically the same question. But Smart, Jones, or Ivy until Cade comes back. Uh, yeah, same same thing for me. I, I, I like Ivy over Jones as long as Kate is out. But if you're looking long term, um, I, I think I would be comfortable cutting bait with Ivy. We, we don't we just don't know what's going to go on with the Pistons rotation. Uh, Paul says I traded Booker and Ananobi for Giannis. Thoughts? I love it. Good for you. Give me all the Giannis. Yeah, I want I want Giannis. I mean, I, obviously you got to live with the free throw percentage if you're in a category league. But I, I think if you're okay with that and you're you're either doing well and you can offset it, or you're just punting that category. I want Giannis. I mean, the Bucks have been a disaster of late, but the one thing that's been constant is Giannis being a complete machine every single night. So I'm I'm okay with that. I know I know we just had a good game, but I, I still think you're on the right side of that deal. It doesn't um, seem like he's much of a factor offensively for the Knicks. Um, not really. 
but they've gotten better since they traded for him. So, uh, and and they traded for his defense. They're getting that right now. So it's a, it's it's definitely a win for the Knicks. What do you guys make of the pseudo timeshare between Vooch and rebound legend Andre Drummond? Uh, great question. I I will say I, I kept Andre Drummond in my weekly lineup in my most important league this week. Um, you know, he's started the last game. I, I think at some point, you know, they're going to put Vooch back in the starting lineup. I don't I don't see why they would continue to bring him off the bench. But uh, I mean, Drummond only needs like 17 minutes to to still be like really fantasy viable, right? I mean, he's got 25 rebounds over the last two games, and he's only played 23 minutes in each of those. So even if he goes back to, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes off the bench, like I, I think he's still a hold. And, you know, I think they'll try to trade Vucevic at the deadline. I don't know if there's going to be a taker. He's kind of in a weird situation, you know, age contract effectiveness wise. Um, but I, I I'm holding Drummond. I, I'm, I'm definitely not uh, giving up on him in, until, you know, we see a, a market reduction in minutes or we get past the trade deadline and, and Vuce is still there. And, I don't know. I, I, we, we just have no idea. Like the Bulls to me are the team that their roster could transform more than just about anybody's after the deadline. And I, I, I think, you know, if they, if they kind of just go and play out the string mode, maybe they toss some minutes to Andre Drummond the rest of the way. I mean, I, I think I, I, like I said, I'm not getting rid of him. I, I would, I would certainly be holding Drummond. Oh, definitely. I'm, uh, think about this. So I'm looking at their numbers right now, side by side. Andre Drummond has played 500 less minutes this year than Nick Vucevic mm-hmm. and has five less rebounds. <laughs> That's insane. Insane. I mean, yeah. and their their raw numbers. I mean, their their totals outside of points scored yeah. really are not that different. Uh, so Andre mm-hmm. Drummond has been a far superior fantasy player. And if you're in that category league, you don't have to worry about him tanking your three point percentage because yep. he doesn't shoot them. Nick Vucevic, on the other end, does like to shoot the three. He used to be decent at it. It's dropped off this year, shooting 28% from long range. So, yeah, Andre Drummond right now, uh, a uh, this is like a resurrection of sorts. Uh, all right, we'll go rapid fire through a few more of these. Uh, just traded Vooch and Brandon Miller for McCall Bridges in a 14-team, 12-cat league. Did I make the right move? I need free throws made badly. Uh, we just talked about Bridges. You know, he's been in a slump of late, but I think if you really need free throws made, this is probably okay. I mean, Vucevic just doesn't really get to the line at all. That's been the case for a few years. He's like he's at like one and a half attempts per game. He's only taken like 55 free throws on the year. So, you know, we're obviously worried about McCall Bridges, but I also think, you know, we, we, there's reasons to worry about Vooch going forward. Brandon Miller, ultimately, he's a rookie. He's, you know, shown some flashes, but I, I think he made the right call here, specifically if you need the free throws. Yeah, rookies tend to not get to the line. They don't get that respect from the officials. He's the type of player, mm-hmm. the way that he plays, where he'll get that as his career goes along. You're right about Vooch, and and Bridges is a vet. He knows how to get to the line. Mm-hmm. About to close a deal on Dame Lillard for Chet Holmgren. Should I do it? 10-team points league. I think so. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Dame Dame has not been as bad as you'd think. You know, obviously, the lately it's been a disaster. And, you know, I think some of the bad performances really stand out. But on balance, he's still been an elite fantasy player. But if you're in a points league, you know, you're not you're not necessarily getting the free throw percentage boost. And that's something that's massive with Lillard because he's taking a bunch of free throws. He's hitting them at like 90%. Um, but, yeah, in, in a points league, I don't really mind chasing after Chet Holmgren here. I mean, I think the big concern with Chet was can he stay healthy? And he's answered that as affirmatively as possible so far. So I, I think that's actually a pretty fair deal. Um, all right. How concerned are we about John Morant's 24-25 value? He's already more of a points league guy. And this is the kind of injury that can mess with your shot and take time to get back into rhythm once you return. 
Fair question. I mean, Jaws missed a ton of time over the last few years. He's always been a much better real life player than fantasy player. I think there has been a disconnect there. Um, you know, like, like Chad points out, he's a better points league guy. I wouldn't say I'm super worried about like his shot breaking down. I mean, he's, he's kind of a shaky three point shooter as it is. It's to me, it's just more the accumulation of multiple injuries. Yeah. I, John Moran's such an electrifying player. Um, and and knows how to get to the basket. I don't worry as much about the shot because he can find other ways to score. And, I mean, we saw he missed all that time. He came back. He was back to his old self in game one. So I really don't worry about that in terms of him coming back. It's just, you know, it's frustrating. And, uh, yeah, shoulder injury could mess with him a little bit. But I would say my level of uh, my level of concern would be mild. It's just frustrating that it's even happening. All right, we'll do two more, and then we got to get out of here. Uh, this should be a quick one. Bane for Lamelo, should he do it? I think mm. I'd rather have Bane. I, I just like Lamelo's the better player. He's the better fantasy player. I we, we went down this road last year. He came back, got hurt again. You know, Hornets are, are going nowhere right now. Man, that's tempting because I would much rather have Lamelo Ball, but yeah. I don't trust his health. Right? Yeah, it's it's super tough. I mean, obviously Lamelo's the better player. Nobody's debating that, but. It's just, do you trust him to be healthy? And I, I don't really know if I do. So to me, it's like, where are you in the standings? If you're eighth right now, then yeah, trade for Lamelo, shoot for the upside. If you're second in your league, I think I would take the safety of Desmond Bain. Um, all right, let's try to pick yeah, out I, a good one Yeah, I agree with here. that. I think it's very, very much dependent on what your record looks like. Skeeter asked, should I pick up Fultz from waivers? Talked about him earlier. I would say no right now. Um, Got to see him actually play real minutes. He hasn't looked good in the first two games since coming back. I would, I would leave him alone for now. Um, all right, we'll end on this one. Hey, guys, for a 9-cat 12-team head-to-head league, would you trade Steph Curry and OG Ananobi to get SGA? Hmm. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, hard hard to hard to ship off a guy like Steph Curry. I think OG Ananobi is the perfect complimentary trade piece. Yeah. We already saw a solid trade come through where he was a part of that. So it seems like... Um, you know, for anybody else that's listening, if you have OG and Anobi, clearly there's a market for him plus a superstar to improve your superstar status. And I think that's exactly what you're doing here. SGA is going to, he'll be in the conversation for MVP at the end of the year. SGA over the last 30 days is shooting 56% from the field. That insane. is insane. Curry's at 41% in that span. So yeah, you're never going to feel good about trading Curry. There's going to be nights where he hits seven threes and you're like, what was I doing? But uh, no, I, I want the SGA side of this, and you have to pay up to get him. Like it's you, you can't do Curry straight up for SGA, which says you know a lot about how great SGA has been this season. Um, so yeah, I would I would do that deal. I mean, I, I think like you said, OGA and Anobi is kind of the perfect swing piece, and you know you're selling high. You just played really well at his best game as a Nick the other night. But in general, I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. The defensive stats have kind of fallen off this season for OG. So um, knowing what you got to do to get a player. Uh, like SGA this season, I, I think I'm fine with that. All right, guys, I want to thank you for all the great questions. Wish we could get to more of them. We will hit more of those uh, certainly next week. Uh, Brandon and I do this this show every single Monday at or Monday Wednesday at 10:30 a.m. Eastern. You can always find us on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball YouTube channel. You can find us on Twitter. And you can find the audio version archived on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. We do these streams five days a week. So if you didn't get your question answered today, we apologize, but Jump back in tomorrow. We'll have Dr. A, Steve Alexander, and Rick Kamla coming at you uh, on Fridays. Our guy Alex Barutha hops on with Ken Kreitz and Shannon McEwen. They take questions. They talk waiver wire going into the weekend. Uh, I host on Mondays with Alex. We take listener questions there as well. So uh, appreciate all the support. Please go like, subscribe, 
to our channel, Rotowire Fantasy Basketball. That helps us out a ton. You can leave comments there. If you didn't get your question answered, throw it in the comments. We'll jump in there uh, and give you an answer on YouTube. So thank you, as always, for listening along. Brandon, always good to chat with you, and uh, I'll see you on SXM later tonight. Good luck out there tonight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.